Twitter handle, at Religion of Woke. I want my universe to have a bubble butt and big tits. I'm listening to a guy named Jeffrey Shaneline on the Lex Friedman podcast. He's some sort of artificial intelligence researcher. And he brought up an interesting concept that I hadn't quite heard of uh, called cosmological evolution. Basically, that every black hole creates a new universe. Like, you know, our universe is created by a black hole in some previous older universe. And this concept was created by some highfalutin physicist, you know, from, I'm sure, a university. But it has some interesting points about it, so let's talk about it. So, the first thing is, is that no one knows what a black hole is, right? This is the... Whatever. Physicists know that... The physics, the math, the math that we have that explains most stuff, that there's something wrong with it because when they use quantum physics and Einstein's theory of relativity, which both of those things work perfectly normally, um, but when you take take those two things and you uh, run the math on a black hole, they disagree. So one of them or both of them, more likely, is wrong about certain things, basically where gravity gets so extreme in a black hole. And so I think black holes were originally predicted by general relativity. That's something that Einstein created. There's actually another guy named Poincare who kind of created it at the same time as Einstein, but everyone's like, screw that guy, we're saying Einstein created it. You know, if you want to go to a physics board and get people really pissed off, go on there and say, Einstein plagiarized general relativity relativity off of Poincaré. I'm not sure how you say it. Poincaré, it's like French. It's got like a apostrophe, not apostrophe, whatever. It's got little French things going on there. But in any case, so let's just, we'll go with the, the narrative, the mainstream corporate media narrative that Albert Einstein created all the relativity stuff. And so, like, he kind of created the math, but he did, not dis- he did not discover that the math says black holes must exist. And I think what happened, there was, like, some mathematician, I think this is World War, I don't know if it's World War I or World War II. I guess it's probably World War II. So there was some guy, I think he was British, whatever, don't quote me on any of this stuff. But I think what happened was there was, like, a British mathematician who got drafted and sent to the front lines... And while he was there, he was just running through the math from Einstein's relativity. And he, like, he, like if you take the math and then you, you take it to the, the extreme, or, you, you know, you, you take it all the way, you, you know, like Einstein's relativity gives you a starting point. And he's like, well, what if you just keep going? You know, what if you, what if you uh, drive down this road all the way to the end of the road? What do you find? You know, which is like, you know, what if... Uh, if you have too much matter in, in a tiny spot, what happens? Well, you get a black hole. So I think this guy, he didn't die in the war. I think he like came home and then died of disease or something. So the guy who discovered black holes by just doing some math on the front lines of a, one of the world wars, he died, but that's kind of an interesting story. But so yeah, relativity says if you get 
too much mass, too much matter, too much gravity all in one spot, that it will suck itself down into what's called a singularity, which means that it has, like, it has all the mass of, you know, let's say it starts with a star, has all the mass of the star in a, in a zero-volume place, like a point. A point, but, you know, it's not like the size of your, a point that you do with a pencil. It's infinitely small. Like, it has no volume whatsoever, so... You know, the density is inf is infinity. So that's what relativity, you know, points towards. And then the guy discovered that. And then people didn't believe in black holes. They're like, I mean, that's crazy. Everyone, like, ran through the math. And we're like, yeah, that guy was right. That's what the math says. But no one believed that black holes really existed. And then, I think in the 60s, they still didn't believe black holes existed. And... I don't know when they finally found a black hole. You know, maybe 60s to 80s, somewhere in that range. Um, they spotted one, you know, with a telescope or whatever. They're like, oh my God, it's true. There are black holes. And now we found lots of them. Like, I think the Milky Way galaxy has like a billion of them or something. And the center of the Milky Way galaxy and most other galaxies is a what's called a supermassive black hole, which is, you know, it has this whatever, has as much mass as billions of suns. Don't quote me on these numbers. I think the one in the center of the Milky Way is hundreds of millions of suns, and then other ones have ones that are tens of billions, but you get the idea. But then after Einstein, people came up with this quantum physics stuff, which is, like Einstein didn't like it. He said, God does not play dice, which is that people used to believe in kind of a clockwork universe, which meant that if you knew everything about how stuff currently was, you know, and you had a supercomputer or whatever, you could kind of, you could run it towards the future or towards the past, and you know exactly what would happen, you know, into the future forever and into the past forever, because, because things always happen a certain way and you can predict it. But then they came up with a quantum physics, which says that you can't tell. It's, it's, it's probabilistic. It doesn't matter but it's probabilistic, and all that means is you can't tell. You can't, you can't say, oh, I know what's going to happen with every little molecule. It's unknowable because it might do this, it might do that. And now part of that is, I think this is, why, I think this is where black holes and quantum physics don't agree. It's probably, who knows, there's probably 10 places they don't agree. But I think it's the uh, uncertainty principle. What is it? The Heisenberg uncertainty principle. It's pretty famous. And it says something like you can't know, you can't, what is it, it's, it's something about particles, you know, like electrons, for instance, or something about them, that you, you, can't, you can't know two things about them at the same time. You can only know one or the other. And one of them is location. And another one's like inertia or something. I mean, what, I'm not, this part, I just explained it incorrectly. But it's something like you can either know where the electron is or the direction that it's moving in. But you cannot know both. You cannot know both. Like if you check to see what direction it's going in, then you can't know exactly where it is. And if you check to see exactly where it is, then you can't know what direction it's going in. And so black holes contradict this because you know everything is right there in that little infinitesimal spot, and it ain't going nowhere. So you just it just that's impossible. Like, there it is, and I know where it's going. Basically, that's black holes. Black holes say, I know where stuff is, and I know where it's going and what it's doing. 
And quantum physics says you can never know those things. So that's the conflict. So black holes are fun. And another thing that's fun is the Big Bang. You know, where our universe came from. And so, I guess mathematically, black holes and the Big Bang are similar. And I think it's because you've got like an infinite amount of matter, or you've got infinite density in an infinitely small volume. Let's all say it here. Like, we don't know how these things, we don't know exactly what the Big Bang is, that's for sure. And you can't go back and look at it. And we don't know what black holes are now, but we might be able to figure that out. So, I mean, whatever. This is just a theory. It may or may not be true. Maybe the Big Bang and black holes are not mathematically the same, if we ever figure out what they are, really. But currently, as far as we know, they're mathematically the same. Basically just a teeny thing full of a ton of stuff. So this cosmological evolution thing, it basically says... Well, it uses evolution, like how, uh, whatever, monkeys turn into humans. And then it combines that with the fact that black holes are... You can't tell the difference between a black hole and the Big Bang. And so, the idea is that, you know, there's going to be a lot of universes. There's going to be universes giving birth to more universes. So that's like the evolution part. Like the guy uses a good word... I think he uses fecundity, or fecund, fecund, it's a good word, look it up, F-E-C-U-N-D, and it's like how much, whatever, life you give, like normally you might see a woman who's like got big hips and big tits, and you know, you, you just know that she's going to be fecund, fecund, fecund or fecund, because if you pork her, boom, kids coming out, lots of kids. But so, and that's kind of how ev evolution, right, it cho it, uh, it selects for people that will have lots of kids, you know. Because otherwise, whatever, if you don't have a lot of kids, then you're gone. And so we don't have to worry about you. And then the kind of person that has lots of kids, that's you're going to end up with lots of people who are like that kind of person who has lots of kids. And so the idea with universes is that if each black hole creates a new universe... Well, then that's going to select for universes that create a lot of black holes. And currently, the way you make black holes is with stars. You have big stars that, you know, go supernova and then collapse and create a black hole. So applying evolution to universes, basically the universes that are going to live and have baby universes, basically you're going to live and have babies, are going to be ones that have lots of stars. So just after a while, you're just going to have tons and tons of universes that have tons and tons of stars, because that's how you create more universes. And, you know, there was some universe that had nothing but empty space, and uh, whatever. No one cares about that nerd universe, because they didn't have no kids. So basically, you know, having babies with... having, having baby universes with stars... Um, that's one possible explanation. So, you know, why, why are human beings sitting on Earth? Why are, human, why are there human beings on Earth circling a star? You know, is it because intelligent human beings are what's important? Well, with this idea, it may be that, no. That, you know, that's just a byproduct. Who cares? Like, just when you make tons of stars, 
you're going to get some crappy planets and some crappy asteroids to go around them. And that stuff doesn't matter at all. So I guess that's the point. If, for you know, this is not known. If somehow it turns out that each black hole creates a whole new universe, then, you know, if that part is true, like that part is not proven to be true, but if that were true, then you would have this kind of natural selection evolution pressure to create many, many universes with many, many stars and black holes. So I like that part of it. And, uh, I mean, you know, then they go on, they go on to talk about, well, what about, you know, what about humans? What about intelligence? What about, you know, alien, it could be aliens. What about, uh, what about intelligent life and technology? Like how would that come into it? Well, the thing is, is that, so currently to make a black hole, you got to have a star and it's got to be pretty big. Like our, the sun, the sun is not going to turn into a black hole because it's not big enough. So you got to have stars, you got to have big stars, real big stars. So it's not the most efficient way of making black holes, even though the universe is so damn big, right? You got billions of them, maybe trillions of them. But if human technology or, you know, or alien technology gets better, like we don't know, we haven't invented this stuff yet. We don't even have fusion. We don't even have cold fusion. We don't have no fusion, but there's a chance that using lasers and stuff like that, you can make a black hole yourself, like a human, you know, a hundred years from now, humans may be able to make their own little black holes out of as little as uh, like 20 pounds of rock or whatever, you know, whatever material you want to use. And so if we had that technology, you could like go grab like a big asteroid. Okay, the guy said, the example he said was, if you had a one kilometer diameter asteroid and you broke it down into 10, 10 kilogram chunks, 20 pounds, you know, smaller than a bag of concrete, and you use lasers to compress that into a infinitesimally small area, you can make yourself a little black hole, and uh, you can make a trillion black holes out of one asteroid. And like, you know, circling the, circling our sun is a ton of asteroids like that size. I mean, you know, nothing to say like if you converted the Earth into nothing but teeny black holes. And so if that's possible, if that's, you know, we don't know if that's even possible, but if that's possible, then... You know, each galaxy creating a billion black holes, a billion universities, universities, universes, well, there'd be a much more efficient thing is, which is, so not only do, does evolution, cosmological evolution, want to create universes with lots of stars, but what it really wants to do is create universes with lots of stars, with lots of intelligent life on all those stars, and then each one of those can create, you know, trillions what, after that, quadrillions, billions, whatever. Just zillions, there we go, zillions. Just zillions and zillions of new universes. So maybe, maybe cosmological evolution also selects for intelligent life. And here we are. So there's a concept called a white hole, which is the opposite of a black hole. I think when they, uh, as soon as people realized black holes existed, you know, whoever, some genius... It's pretty easy. I mean, boy, you can just you can just ask a kid. Be like, black holes are real. Uh, can you think of anything else that might be real? And they'd be like, uh, white hole. Be like, well, what does that mean? Be like, I don't know. But if there's black ones, maybe there's a white one. That's racist, of course. But in any case, uh, there's a concept of 
something called white holes, which is it's basically just the opposite of a black hole, right? A black hole, everything goes into it and can never, it can't escape and it can't come out. And so a white hole would be a black hole in reverse where stuff comes spewing out and it can't go back in. And so what's interesting about white holes is we never seen one, uh, whatever. I think it's kind of ridiculous to think that they exist. Except we got this thing called a black, uh, black hole. We got something called the Big Bang. And so the idea of white holes was that a black hole is somehow connected to a white hole, uh, you know, through space and time and dimensions and blah, blah, blah. Um, but somehow, on the, you know, everything goes into a black hole, well, everything that goes into it comes out of the white hole. And so we do kind of have an example of possible white holes, which is, which is the Big Bang. I'll also mention a little, little physics history. Um, some guy, he named the Big Bang, the Big Bang. And that's because he's like, that is ridiculous. There's no way in hell that, uh, you know, the universe popped out of an infinitesimal little spot. And so because he thought that idea was so rid ridiculous, he gave it what he thought was a ridiculous name. So he named it the Big Bang.